I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. guys, this is Taylor Desiree here. Um, we're going to be talking today about the hardships of being a birth worker. We wanted to let you know that uh, we post a lot of lovely things on Facebook especially, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. There are a lot of things that you should be mindful of when you're going into this birth work journey. So I guess let's start with the fact that most midwives, if you look at the midwives that have been attending for several years, um, several decades, that most of them are divorced and they don't have a good relationship with their kids um, because this, this journey is really hard, uh, really taxing on everybody and the family. Did you want to share anything on that? Yeah, I noticed that too, that like a lot of the older midwives, they don't have a partner or they are in a very healthy relationship or their children don't have a good relationship with them or they don't talk to them or, you know, something along those lines or the children, you know, resent the mother for whatever reason. I've definitely seen that. And I can definitely see why, like in my own experience, because yeah, they do. They, it's, it's challenging to balance the two of those, like the work and then the home also. And I know that sometimes it, turns out where the women in the families get first dibs of you know us and then the family goes without because yeah it is challenging to balance all of that so I can definitely see why they would have a higher divorce rate or you know end up single or have their children not so happy with the fact that they were gone or anything like that. Right. Cause you can plan a birthday party. You can plan a vacation. You could think that you're way good to be doing this family outing, um, and actually have time off with them, but then boop, somebody else needs you and you got to go before you thought that you had to go. Maybe your mom's in labor at 35 weeks, or she actually ended up going to 43 or 44 weeks. And now all of your plans get completely thrown out and your kids and whoever your partner is would have to struggle with that. Um, or there could be an emergency postpartum or something that you have to go deal with. So there's so much that goes into it. That's not considered. It's not just the birth and scheduling prenatals and postpartums. There are so many variables there, right? Like there's never time off. You don't get time off. Babies come before 37 weeks. Uh, and they also come after 42 and random stuff comes up, random different things, like random people asking questions. People do that too. Um, and of course we can, you know, not reply or not read them and whatnot, which most of the time we end up having to do that because we're so limited on time. But then there's like other situations and it's like, you're there for them, whether it's a colleague or a past client, they're having issues and they think that they might be having a miscarriage. Like you can't just not be there for them. That's not how that works. Uh, in my opinion, you're, you're still there. You're still there. Their birth person, their midwife, whatever. Um, but yeah, there's no time off. You don't get time off. And like another challenging part is like, you can't just go somewhere. You can't just go somewhere over an hour away for the day and go do whatever, because you never know when a baby's going to be born. 
if you want to schedule a vacation, you have to do that in advance and plan that time and not take anybody in uh, like a six week window to be able to go away and do something, which can be challenging too, because then when if one of your past clients gets pregnant and they're like, oh, I need you to be there. And that's hard too. It's really hard to, you know, hold that boundary um, and take that time for ourselves. Right. That is really hard. It's hard for me. I like to stay up and enjoy my time after the kids go to bed. But when you know that you have several different women do that could go any minute, that is really tough to be like, oh, actually I got to go to bed. Can't take time for myself. Um, There's a lot of lacking in self-care in birth workers. And then you can see how it would trickle forward to partners, to kids, um, because you get super burned out you don't have any time to yourself you have to just keep on getting that's exactly how it is you don't really get a break from that you know life and there's it's your your last you get last dibs on stuff and then the family like you said it trickles down they don't get as much and there is no off there's no off switch like for myself my brain is constantly thinking about something related to birth or a client or something going on or I wonder how their baby's doing because they had that issue I wonder if they're gaining weight blah 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 uh how's that mom's bleeding now that we're home and she was concerned you know earlier so you know your brain is it always goes there is no like turn off switch um maybe for some people I don't know haven't learned that trick yet myself so but yeah it's it's like a, it's a it's a life thing it's not just a, oh let's do this job this time to this time there is no like you know like I said no time off but all of it makes it challenging to you know be there for others or get back to people and that's something that people don't understand like if someone's attending like full-time like all the time they sometimes need to shut down and just be with themselves and not reply to those texts not reply to any calls uh, for a day or whatever and some people are so like I need this now I need to hear from you now and we just can't because our cup is the whole way is empty and we need to just put a little bit of something in there to be able to give it so yeah people not having patience or understanding with that aspect is challenging because you can never explain that to somebody nobody's going to get that unless they've been there. I definitely wouldn't have gotten that myself if someone said that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing, which makes all of it like this emotional roller coaster. Um, because you go to the births, they're beautiful. We've, we have these great births, but we also have these not great births uh, or ones that are challenging or where things come up uh, or, you know, mom has a miscarriage or something like there's so many ups and downs, or you're there for your colleague who is uh, having a tough time, had a rough birth, and you're unpacking that with her because she does that with you. So now you're feeling those emotions uh, of her because you care, you know? Um, So it is, it's up and down and up and down. It's like adrenaline and then like oxytocin and like up and down. And that makes it very, very challenging to be present, I think. Yes, it's very addicting because even when you're not attending, maybe you took a whole month off or something like that. Um, you still get that itch. Like you want to be there. You want to be doing what you love, but you're also struggling with the fact that like, oh, I'm not, not even close to fulfilled or shouldn't be attending births right now because I'm just so depleted, but you still crave that. Um, cause that's what your soul is supposed to be doing. So that's really hard to deal with that as well. Yeah. Going back to like the emotional heaviness, Uh, when there is like any kind of challenging situation or 
maybe the birth didn't go the way she wanted it to. Uh, whether that's, you know, she wanted to birth in the pool and it happened on the, on the bed and she was just really sad about it, whatever. Like, or, you know, they end up transferring or they have a cesarean and it's like really sad and you can feel their sadness. You take that home. It's hard to like, just put that down and just let it go. At least for me anyway, I think that that's like really challenging uh, to be able to just turn that off. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like these are the things that other people don't really talk about. Yes. It is really hard to feel like you have such high expectations for yourself. And also some clients do have really high expectations for you, some completely unobtainable. And that's something as a self-reflecting person, a self-analyzing person, you just sit there because you care about this. You care about those people and you want to make them as fulfilled as you possibly can. And sometimes that's not possible um, for you to meet all of those needs or expectations for them. And that's really hard to sit with that and accept that some people are always going to be disappointed or displeased because it didn't go absolutely perfect. Or maybe it did go absolutely perfect, but it still wasn't what they envisioned. So it's really hard to um, sit with yourself and not eat yourself alive over random things, uh, whether that be a prenatal or the birth or postpartum or anything in between. Yeah, I definitely have a thing with that. That's all the time where I'm like, oh, well, I could have did this three years ago with that person or should have said that in hindsight. Um, but yeah, we're just reviewing births in your head over and over. Like, what could we have done differently? Hmm, wonder if this would have worked, that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's not an off switch, at least for me. I don't know if that's like an everybody kind of thing, but um, you, you care. If you care about what you do and you love what you do, you're going to have that self-reflection. You're going to sit with yourself and, you know, want to be the best that you can be. At least for me, that's, that's the case. Yeah. It also makes it hard when the birth community has all of these expectations of you and is constantly critical of everything that you're doing, especially being a more radical birth attendant, um, doing the traditional care and everything. If you're not licensed, uh, people are going to come for you over that because they feel some type of way about it. Um, so that's really hard when you're already sitting with yourself and trying to make sure that you're doing well by your clients and yourself and your family and all the other things that you have going on. And then you have these people in the birth community that are trying to eat you alive. So that's another thing that a lot of birth workers struggle with big time. They're like, oh, I'm already dealing with all this. And now these women are coming for me. Am I doing something wrong? Um, should I keep doing this? Um, is this a sign that I should stop? Um, but that's just the way the birth community is. So it's good to know what to expect there. Yeah, I think we did like a whole podcast on that. I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, talking about how it is. It's so dog eat dog and they're, they don't care. They do not care. It's almost as if they don't do the same work. Like they have no idea about that emotional roller coaster. They want to take you on a, a whole extra part of the roller coaster and try and make you feel terrible about stuff that, you know, it's just a difference of opinion. Um, and they don't see that they don't, a lot of people don't see that or they have their own toxic stuff and it's, that's their way of building themselves up is to tear you down when you're already down. Uh, that's a common thing that we'll see too. So just know that if this is something you're getting into and know that it's, uh, it's full of a lot of people who I think have a lot of wounds, uh, whether they're mother wounds or like just trauma stuff. And they're serving women and they're doing well by them. They're not, it's not that they're doing bad, but a lot of them come at one another. And that is just, 
that that is challenging, especially when you're already having a tough time or this birth didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. And now there's rumors and all these stories and those kind of things um, from people that, um, you know, they're, they're not even involved. They have no business seeing any kind of thing. So yeah, that's definitely a big thing. And other than that, all of the factors, um, there's also the fact that just being on call is so hard. Um, like having to possibly wake up at three in the morning after you barely got any sleep because your babies needed you or something like that. Your sleep schedule gets so messed up. And sometimes you have to attend births back to back or you'll be at a birth for two days. Um, so you're you're having to fully function and provide all of these very important services while running on so little. Sometimes you're not sleeping. Sometimes you've barely eaten or you haven't eaten well. And so you don't feel great, or you might actually be sick. Um, and you still have to show up for these families because they need you and their babies don't care where you're at and all the worldly things that you're dealing with. Um, so that can be a tough thing as well. Yeah, they really don't care. Babies that are coming, they don't care about the calendar at all. They don't care if you have a birthday party that day for your kid or if it's Christmas or, you know, Thanksgiving and you're supposed to be hosting it. Yeah, they uh, don't care. They'll come those days too. But yeah, your, your sleep can get so messed up and that can get scary where like, for real, you're seeing things that aren't really there um, when you're driving home from a birth. That's the most common for me anyway. Um, or if we're going back to back births or the two day thing, yeah, we might see like, for me, it's usually like mice that are running across the floor, but they're not there. They're not real. They're like, you know, you're so, I don't know, out of it that you're, you need to sleep. You just need to sleep. And that can be so hard because you also want to get back to your family. You want to get back to your bed and do that role. But after the birth, sometimes you need to go recover from all of that. So it's not like it's over when the birth is over mentally, emotionally, and also physically, like there's so many boxes to that. I know for myself, once a birth ends, my mind's still thinking about that for hours. Like, yeah. Uh, and then physically, we usually got to go, you know, he, you know, get coffee or sleep, something, something to kind of recover from all of that, that whole experience. But yeah, sleep, sleep is a, you'll learn that you really don't need it. <laughs> you need it, but you don't need as much as you typically would as a human. Yes. Another hard thing is that when you're going into this work, um, so many taught by the patriarchal model are trying to control outcomes. And when you're in touch with the spiritual side and the intuitive side, you have to come to an understanding that you really can't control the outcome and that we're not in control. We can do everything that we can to the best of our ability, but that sometimes there is no way that we could have controlled the outcome that came from that birth. And that can be really challenging for people to accept, um, especially when you sit with yourself and you're constantly reflecting, like, what could I have done better? Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And maybe it'd be different. Um, but diving into that unpredictability and not being able to control it, no matter what you do is really hard for people as well. Yeah, I struggle with that the most. I used to be so big on like, if I have all the stuff and I know how to do all the things, we'll be good. We can, can control this in a way. Uh, but that is so not the case. And I know for myself, I was handed a whole bunch of lessons of that. They were all back to back. And it was like, you know, you, you don't get to pick. It can go any kind of different way. Um, but yeah, you can do all the right things. And 
and they can do all the right things. Mom did everything right. And, you know, she can still end up with a cesarean. Like sometimes the cards are real shitty dealt and you can't control it. It's unpredictable. You, you can't know. Um, and that's hard because you care about them and then you carry that heaviness and that just goes right into that roller coaster of up and down. And, you know, sometimes it leads to like, do I want to keep doing this? I believe most midwives have, have felt that before where they're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, or they'll stop for a bit or come back or they'll just stop. The, uh, the burnout rate's pretty high with this kind of work. And you can, you can see why these are just some of the things uh, of why, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a different kind of job, not being able to predict stuff, not being able to be in control of what's going to happen, even if you do the right things and having such pressure from the community and those who do things differently. Definitely. Anything else you would add? someone yeah someone always needing you like all the time somebody needs you whether it is a new client whether it's a past client if it's a current one if it's your family if it's your kids if it's your dad your friend like that's another box it's hard to be a good friend and like follow up with people because you're following up with you know 30 other families at the time uh because they're either current clients or they're postpartum or they're trying to conceive whatever there's just yeah there's there's a lot of people need me, people need me all the time, which some people would like that to be wanted. And, and it is, it is nice to be able to help people and be wanted to, you know, talk with them and whatever they need, but it's also draining. And, you know, it goes into that, the sleep thing, the sleep schedule is already fucked up, but it's also like, uh, yeah, less time for us, but yeah. Anything else you would add? No, I think just moral of the story is if you have a birth worker that's committed and loving on you and always there for you, make sure that you appreciate them and value them and you see what all goes into it. It's really important to understand that it's not just when you see us or when we're at your birth that we're serving you. We're literally there for the community and women all the time, 24 seven. So I think the biggest thing is just make sure that you're valuing those people. And if you're getting into this work, just be prepared for the ride because it's wild. It's definitely wild. <laughs> I think a lot of people see like on social media, especially they're like, oh, look at that beautiful birth photo. Cause usually they are right. We, nobody's sharing the, the shit births. They're not sharing those photos of the, you know, the woman spraying out blood or uh, a baby not coming around. Like they're not sharing them things. But yeah, it is not always rainbows and butterflies. There are some storms and clouds and rain and it's the up and down. And yeah, it's important to know that there, there's other sides. It's not just the pretty stuff that we see uh, day to day or the things that are most talked about. These are just some of the other ones. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes. Again, for classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Brought to you by Herbal Training.